What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Malari. So today is a big day in the NFL. It is actually the deadline to franchise tag players in the NFL, so pending free agents can be franchise tagged by their respective teams, uh, and the deadline is today at 4 o'clock. So some players that are actually in discussions right now to try to sign a long-term contract with their teams, including Daniel Jones with the New York Giants and Lamar Jackson with the Baltimore Ravens. I'll give you my thoughts on both those guys at some point in this episode. I'm going to start off with the Seattle Seahawks, who just re-signed Geno Smith to a three-year, $105 million deal yesterday. In his 10 years in the NFL, he only made $17.4 million in his career earnings. Now he gets a $105 million deal from Seattle with $40 million guaranteed at the signing with a base value of $25 million per year with a total of $30 million in incentives overall. He will earn $28 million in year one, and his $35 million AAV, which stands for average annual value, is tied for 10th largest in the NFL among quarterbacks. In 2022, he took over for Russell Wilson with low expectations. He competed with Drew Locke for the starting position, but impressed right away, was with Seattle for three years as a backup quarterback to Russell Wilson, so he obviously knew the system, had a step over Drew Locke in that regard, then also outplayed Drew Locke as well. Drew Locke got COVID during the preseason, missed a game or two, and then Lo and behold, Geno Smith took over and impressed right away. Played very well. 30 touchdowns, 11 picks on the year with 4,282 passing yards and a 69.8% completion percentage, which was actually number one in the NFL. He led Seattle all the way to the playoffs. It was a first-time Pro Bowler this year and also won Comeback Player of the Year. He beat all of his former teams this past season, the Jets, the Giants. Uh, he did make his postseason debut as well and led Seattle to a 9-8 record, a team that wasn't supposed to go anywhere. Wasn't supposed to go anywhere. And what he did was step in, make plays, made the smart plays most of the time. I mean, he didn't really take too many risks, 11 picks on the year, 30 touchdowns. But he made all the smart plays and made some big throws for Seattle this year, helping them to a 9-8 and record, as I said, and also getting to the playoffs. They beat the Chargers this year, the Giants this year, and Jets this year. So all three of his former teams he beat. Uh, and that's huge, obviously, for a guy that went into this year as a career backup. Obviously, he made a name for himself this past year and earned a lot of respect in the NFL. So, congrats to Geno Smith on his big payday, $105 million over three years. Next up, free agent quarterback Derek Haas signed with the New Orleans Saints yesterday, a four-year, $150 million deal with $100 million in total guarantees. He has $60 million guaranteed in his first two years, 24 touchdowns and 14 picks last year for the Las Vegas Raiders, a 60.8% completion percentage, and he led the Raiders to two playoff berths, their first two since 2002. He was with the Raiders for a long time, I believe it was about nine years, so pretty impressive run there for Derek Carr with the Las Vegas Raiders. Over his career there, he threw 217 passing touchdowns with 99 interceptions. Also added in a 64% completion percentage, along with 3,201 completions for 35,222 yards over his career there. Adding in six rushing touchdowns in his career there with 278 yards on the ground. So, pretty impressive run there for Derek Carr. He did struggle with some fumbles over his career there. He did have 12 fumbles in 2018, which actually led the NFL. Had 11 fumbles in 2020, which also led the NFL. And also had 13 fumbles in 2021 this past year. Only four fumbles in 15 games before Jarrett Stidham took over as a starting quarterback in replacement of Derek Carr. So Derek Carr gets a new home going to the New Orleans Saints. And right away, he's already the best quarterback in that division. Already the best quarterback in that division. On the Saints, they have Derek Carr and Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston will likely be cut. On the Bucks, they have Kyle Trask. The Panthers have Matt Corral and Jacob Eason. They're looking to bring back Sam Donald as well. And then Desmond Aretta and Logan Woodside are the quarterbacks for Atlanta Falcons, who are rumored to be interested in Lamar Jackson. Derek Haas started 15 games in 2022. 
The other NFC South quarterbacks combined for just four starts. Just four starts, and that's among Luton, Trask, Corral, Eason, Ritter, and Woodside. They combined just four career starts over their entire careers. And then you have Derek Haas starting 15 games last year, including 142 games played in his NFL career, making 142 starts. So, obviously, he's now the best quarterback in that division. And he's going to a team that has some weapons. So, you got Derek Howard quarterback. You got Elvin Kamara at running back. You got Michael Thomas at wide receiver. Chris Olave at wide receiver. Jawan Johnson at tight end. And Taysom Hill at tight end. So, we'll see what happens with New Orleans this next coming season. They do have a lot of things to figure out with their cap space. They've been trying to cut guys to save some money. Derek Carr was talking with the New York Jets, but felt more comfortable, according to reports, with the New Orleans Saints, who ends up choosing New Orleans over the Jets. Jameis Winston will likely be cut now by New Orleans to save $12.8 million on their cap for 2023. And that brings up the question, where could Jameis Winston go now? I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be a potential possibility. With Brady retiring, and obviously now there's reports that Brady could potentially unretire and could return to the game of football again. There were talks of the Combine among executives that Brady could end up in Miami. We'll see what happens there. I guess you can never be surprised at this point with Brady or any player unretiring or playing an extra season. But as of now, Jameis Winston will probably be cut. He's looking for a team to go to. I think the Bucs could be a potential possibility for him. We'll see what happens there. The Chiefs are releasing defensive end Frank Clark. Frank Clark's release will leave Kansas City with just about $7.7 million of dead cap space, freeing up $21 million of cap space overall. Those are $21 million freed is a huge way to go into the offseason and make some moves. Uh, obviously, $21 million, you can sign probably two players with that, two good players for $21 million. Or you can go for one premier player. And that's what a lot of teams are doing here. And I'm going to break down a lot in this episode of teams clearing the house, cutting a lot of players to try to free up cap space. And that's what it seems like a, is a trend across the NFL this season. So Frank Clark being cut saves the Chiefs $21 million of cap space. Clark had a $28.7 million cap hit in 2023. He, according to reports, didn't want to renegotiate his deal or take a pay cut. So the Chiefs end up cutting him and cutting ties with them. He was with Kansas City for four years after being traded from Seattle to the Kansas City Chiefs in 2019. He won two Super Bowls with Kansas City and earned three Pro Bowl nods. And what he'll be most known for for Kansas City is how well he played in playoff games and became a big in the biggest moments. 32 tackles and 10.5 sacks in 12 playoff games for the Chiefs. 10.5 sacks in 12 playoff games is very impressive. Overall in his career, he has 13.5 postseason sacks which is actually the third most in postseason history by any player. So third most postseason sacks ever, and that's Frank Clark. I'm sure a team would try to pick him up and try to throw him on their pass rush. And obviously he's still a good player, so he can definitely help out some teams in that regard. The Chiefs will also be letting go offensive tackle Orlando Brown. They'll let him walk in free agency. Definitely will be in the market for a free agent tackle now that Kinsey Chiefs now will have to look either in the draft or free agency to try to replace Orlando Brown. Brown turns 27 this year. He's a 6'8", 340-pound offensive tackle. He was a two-time Pro Bowler in both seasons with Kansas City since being acquired from the Ravens in 2021. He's been a Pro Bowler in four straight seasons now, two years with Baltimore, and now two years of the last two seasons with the Kansas City Chiefs. Next up, the Tennessee Titans have started to clear the house. They just released linebacker Bud Dupree, left tackle Taylor Luan, and also wide receiver Robert Woods. So I'm going to break down all three players really quick. Bud Dupree, his release will free up $9.35 million in cap savings for Tennessee, leaving them with a $10.85 million dead cap hit. He has battled injuries the last two seasons with seven sacks in 22 games over the last two years, four sacks and nine quarterback hits in 2022 and 11 starts, just could not stay healthy in the last two seasons. They also will be cutting Robert Woods, as I said. That opens up $12 million in cap space. 
Woods totaled 53 catches for 527 yards this past season with two receiving touchdowns. And then Taylor Lewan, the 31-year-old tackle, was a three-time Pro Bowler in his time with Tennessee, was a first-round pick to the Tennessee Titans as well, was due to make $14.84 million this upcoming season, but he leaves Tennessee with no dead money after their release of him. He signed a five-year $80 million deal in 2018, only played in two games in 2022 and just 20 games since the 2020 season. The Tennessee Titans also mentioned that they will be rolling with Ryan Tannehill as their starting quarterback. They did draft Malik Willis, a rookie quarterback, in the third round of the 2022 NFL Draft out of Liberty. Seems like they will be rolling with Ryan Tannehill as a starter going into the season, though. They also will be shopping Derrick Henry this offseason. Start running back. Derrick Henry's been one of the best backs in the NFL over the last five years. Had a 2,000-yard season in 2020. He's one of eight players all-time to do so. The Tennessee Titans are looking for ways to free up cap space in any way that's possible. So anyone on that team's available to move. You saw what they did last year with A.J. Brown, their star wide receiver. They traded him to the Philadelphia Eagles just because they didn't want to pay him the money that he wanted. Ends up not really working out for Tennessee. They tried to find a wide receiver one in the draft last year and didn't really do so. So they've created a bigger hole for themselves by picking and choosing who they pay. And at the end of the day, not paying A.J. Brown didn't really work out for them. And who knows what would happen if they were to trade Derrick Henry. But trading him would actually save $6.26 million in cap space for Tennessee. So if they're able to move him, they're saving about $6 million. He's scheduled to make $10.5 million in the 2023 season, which after the season, he will be a free agent. So we'll see what happens there with Derrick Henry. Now I'm going to move on to the New York Giants. The New York Giants front office and Daniel Jones' agents have talked well into the night last night, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. Obviously, the deadline is 4 p.m. today, so just about a couple hours from now is a deadline to see who's going to be franchise tagged in the NFL and who isn't going to be. Things have gotten tense, I heard, overnight between Daniel Jones' agents and the New York Giants front office, but the sides are still talking and looking to strike a deal before the 4 p.m. deadline. The team would rather give Daniel Jones a long-term contract in order to avoid the franchise tag because the tag money is all guaranteed and cannot be restructured, so the Giants have about $46 million in free cap space for this upcoming season. You give Daniel Jones a franchise tag that's about $32 million, and at the end of the day, that can't be moved into next year's cap space. That's guaranteed for this year on this year's cap for 2023. So they can lessen his earnings for the 2023 season in order to uh, move cap space from this year to next year if he gets a multi-year deal. So we'll see what happens. As I said, his earnings for each year can change. If he's given a multi-year deal, they can move cap space from this year into next year depending on if he's given a multi-year deal or not. But obviously, if it is a franchise tag, the Giants have no option but to give him $32 million this upcoming season. My guess as of now is that Daniel Jones will get a four-year, $156 million deal from the Giants with a $39 million average annual value. Eight quarterbacks in the NFL make over $40 million in AAV this year. So AAV, as I said, stands for average annual value. Eight quarterbacks this upcoming season are scheduled to make over $40 million. Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson are four of those eight quarterbacks. And four of those guys right there that I just named, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson, all four of those players set the market last year in the offseason for this year's free agency class of quarterbacks. So be mad at them. Be mad at Aaron Rodgers. Be mad at Kyler Murray. Be mad at Deshaun Watson. And be mad at Russell Wilson. Not Daniel Jones. Be mad at those four guys I just named there. If you think quarterbacks like Daniel Jones and Geno Smith – and among other players, aren't worth $35, $40 million. Blame those four guys I just named. Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson. Be mad at them, not Daniel Jones. You could say, oh, Daniel Jones get $40 million. That's ridiculous. That's what the market is set at right now for a starting quarterback. That's good. That is what the market is. $40 million is what quarterbacks are going to get from now on. Mahomes set the market in 2020. Patrick Mahomes got a 10-year, $450 million extension in July of 2020. That was a lot back then, $45 million in average annual value. But other quarterbacks have gone over that in AAV over the past few years. 
including Aaron Rodgers, including Russell Wilson, including Kyler Murray, including Deshaun Watson. That's four quarterbacks making over $45 million. Four quarterbacks making over $45 million in average annual value. So be mad at those four guys, not Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is going to make the money he deserves, and that's what quarterbacks are making in this open market. Is any quarterback besides Patrick Mahomes worth $45 million? Probably not. But Daniel Jones isn't going to get $45 million. He'll get around $40 million. That's probably where the line is right now between Daniel Jones accepting an offer or trying to gamble for more money. Obviously, the Giants are bargaining, trying to get as low of a contract as they can to give Daniel Jones. They're probably trying to hope for a $36, $37 million deal per year. Daniel Jones is probably hoping for $39.40. The $45 million negotiation that people put out there is breaking news that Daniel Jones wanted $45 million per year. I think that was just a way to get some clicks. I don't think Daniel Jones really wanted $45 million. And if he did... Obviously, they bring their ways down, and now they're around $40 million. That's what happens in negotiation. The Giants probably start at 35. Daniel Jones probably start at 45. Now you have to find a way to meet in the middle, which I think will be around 38 to $39 million. 11 quarterbacks make over $35 million in AAV this upcoming season. 11 quarterbacks. By this time next year, there'll be 16 teams paying quarterbacks over $35 million in average annual value. That's after Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Trevor Lawrence are paid. So Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Trevor Lawrence, all five of those quarterbacks will be getting paid well over $35 million by this time next year. So that will leave Daniel Jones' contract around $38 to $39 million, which that's what I'm forecasting. That's what he'll get. Let's say Daniel Jones gets $38 to $39 million per year in average annual value on a four-year deal. That $38 to $39 million will be the 14th highest paid quarterback in average annual value a year from now. His $38 million will be the 14th highest paid quarterback in average annual value a year from now. So that will be considered a steal. Daniel Jones getting the 14th highest paid money will be considered a steal a year from now. Call him mid-level all you want. Call him overrated. But the reality situation, which a lot of people won't agree with this, and they're going to have a hard time listening to this, but it is the reality. A year from now, $38 to $39 million will be around the 14th to 15th highest paid quarterback in average annual value. A year from now, Daniel Jones' 38 to $39 million will probably be 14th in quarterback average annual value. And that's if he signs 38 to $39 million. I'm just guessing here. That's what he's going to get around. We'll see what happens, obviously. But call him mid-level all you want, which I disagree with. Call him an overpay $38 million. But by this time next year, his $38 million will be around the 14th highest paid quarterback in the year of 2024 in average annual value. So we'll see what happens here with Daniel Jones. The Giants have up until 4 o'clock today to make a decision on whether or not they will franchise take him. But as I said, a year from now, Daniel Jones is $30 to $39 million. If that's what he gets, will be considered a steal in my opinion. Because he'll be the 14th highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Is Kyler Murray worth $46 million? No. Is Russell Wilson worth $48.5 million? No. Is Deshaun Watson worth $46 million? No. That's three quarterbacks right there that are making over Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen at average annual value. But when it's those guys getting that money, it's fine. But if Daniel Jones gets that money or gets $40 million and is still under Patrick Mahomes, but he gets $40 million, it's considered crazy. It's considered crazy. But Derek Carr just got $37.5 million in average annual value yesterday. Geno Smith got $35 million in average annual value yesterday. Daniel Jones will earn himself probably around... $38, $39 million in this offseason. Whether or not it's through a franchise saying it's $32 million by the deadline today and the Giants work on a deal up to July 15th, or they get a deal done before the deadline at 4 p.m. 
And if the Giants can get a long-term deal done with Daniel Jones, I know that's what their goal is, Saquon Barkley will be likely franchise tagged by the Giants for $10.1 million. He had a great year this past season, 10 rushing touchdowns, 1,312 rushing yards in 2022, adding in 57 catches for 337 receiving yards in 16 games. He stayed healthy the entire season. It was a huge part of the Giants' offense and a big reason the Giants won nine games in the regular season and made it to the playoffs. And that's what I'm hoping happens. hoping the Giants can get a deal done with Daniel Jones before the deadline at 4 p.m., and they can franchise take Saquon Barkley and keep both those guys in a Giants uniform for another season. But obviously, the main priority is keeping the quarterback. A quarterback is the most important position in football, and the quarterback position is the most important position in all of sports. So that's what the Giants' goal is, to get Daniel Jones a long-term deal before the deadline at 4 p.m., since the quarterback position is the most important part of any sports team in any sport. Next up, now switching gears to a former Giant, tight end Evan Ingram was franchise tagged by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ingram had a breakout season for Jacksonville this past year. 73 receptions with 766 receiving yards and four touchdowns in the regular season. Ingram was actually a weapon for them as well in the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence loved throwing to him on those drag routes. And obviously being able to utilize his speed is a big reason he had such a great season. This past year had 12 catches from 124 yards and a touchdown in two playoff games. His franchise tag is set at one year and $11.34 million. The team can now negotiate on a long-term deal with Evan Ingram up until July 15th, and that's the same date for every single play that's franchise tagged that I'm going to talk about. Running back Tony Pollard was franchise tagged by the Dallas Cowboys. The franchise tag for a running back this season is $10.1 million. Pollard was a 2019 fourth-round pick out of Memphis. He had 1,007 rushing yards this past season and nine rushing touchdowns for the Dallas Cowboys adding in 39 catches of 371 yards and three touchdowns in the air. He did get hurt actually late in the season. He got hurt actually in the divisional round game for the Dallas Cowboys. He had a high angle sprint and a fractured fibula. Dallas obviously saw that injury, but they saw how important he was to that offense this past year, and they could not let him go. So he will be franchise tagged for a $10.1 million cap hit. Ezekiel Elliott is due to make $16 million this upcoming season. He could be a cap casualty for Dallas unless he takes a pay cut, and that's according to reports right now that he is interested in taking a pay cut to return to the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones would like to see him be a Dallas Cowboy as well, but obviously it comes at a cost, and you have to take a pay cut to stay with Tony Pollard already making $10.1 million. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson has continued his talks with the Baltimore Ravens on a long-term deal, likely will be franchise tagged by the 4 p.m. deadline today. Baltimore actually saved their franchise tag in case there was a worst-case scenario where they had to pay Lamar Jackson under the franchise tag. They paid Roquan Smith, a linebacker they acquired from the Chicago Bears during this past season. They gave him a five-year, $100 million extension to keep him in a Ravens uniform for five years. That's also a way to keep the franchise tag open for Lamar Jackson in a worst-case scenario. I think that's what's going to come down to. I think they're going to be paying Lamar Jackson in a one-year franchise tag deal. Ravens GM Eric DaCosta understands the urgency of the situation, and I'm sure Lamar Jackson does as well. I'd imagine he will be tagged by the deadline today. And then my next guess is that he will not play under the franchise tag unless the Ravens give him the money he wants. I don't think Lamar Jackson plays under the franchise tag. I think it's going to come down to guaranteed money. That's what he wants. He wants a fully guaranteed contract like Deshaun Watson received last year from Cleveland. I'm not sure Baltimore's going to give him that. And at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson could end up being a quarterback of a different team 
by the start of next season. So we'll see what happens there. He had 17 passing touchdowns and seven picks this past season with 764 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns in 12 games this past season for Baltimore. He did miss 10 games of a possible 34 regular season games over the past two seasons. So obviously he has struggled to stay healthy. And that's one reason that Baltimore probably doesn't want to give him a fully guaranteed contract. But he's a former MVP and has proven himself to be one of the most electrifying and energetic and exciting players in the NFL this past three or four years now. So obviously, Baltimore probably wants to keep him in a Ravens uniform, but obviously it will come at a cost. And we'll see if Eric DaCosta, the GM of the Ravens, will give Lamar Jackson the money he wants. The Chicago Bears will most likely trade the first overall pick to a quarterback needy team. The asking price for them is hefty, though. As of now, reports are that they want a first-round pick in 2024 and a first-round pick in 2025, along with the team's first-rounder in this year's draft. So whatever team wants the first overall pick in this year's draft, they're going to have to give up their first-round pick in this year's draft, so the 2023 draft, they'll have to give up their first-round pick for, and the next two drafts after that in 2024 and 2025. So that'd be three first-round picks overall, two future first-round picks in 2024 and 2025, and then also a first-round pick in 2023. I think C.J. Stroud could end up being the first quarterback taken in this, in this year's draft. Obviously, right now, reports out of Bryce Young, the quarterback out of Alabama, will be the first overall pick. But I think Stroud's a better quarterback there's some other quarterbacks that are making some buzz around being the first overall pick, including Anthony Richardson, who just had a great combine. Richardson was ridiculous with his athletic ability. That could definitely get him to move up draft boards and move himself into the top 10 in this year's draft. So see what team would trade up with the Chicago Bears for the first overall pick. I think as of right now, I'd take C.J. Stroud with the first overall pick. Yes, Anthony Richardson probably is the highest ceiling, but he could be more work as well. He only had a 54% completion percentage for the Florida Gators this past year. 54% completion percentage. Yes, he can run. Yes, he's built like Cam Newton, but he could be more of a project as well. I think C.J. Stroud right now is probably the most ready NFL quarterback in this year's draft. There's other guys making some buzz, including Will Levis, quarterback out of Kentucky. But as of now, with Bryce Young still the favorite to be the first overall pick. The Bears are reportedly going to stay with quarterback Justin Fields as their franchise quarterback, according to GM Ryan Poles, which I understand is probably the best decision for them to roll with Justin Fields. He's still under a rookie deal for at least two more seasons and a potential fifth-year option as well, which I'm sure they'll pick up. So he'll be under, he'll be under the control of the Chicago Bears for three more years. There's no need to restart with a different quarterback, I don't think. I think Fields could be a good quarterback in this league. He obviously needs some offensive line help and another receiver or two around him to help him succeed. Talks are starting to heat up, though, among quarterback-needy franchises to see who will trade up to get the first overall pick. And there's four potential teams I could see trading up. The Indianapolis Colts, the Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Las Vegas Raiders are all potential suitors of the first overall pick. The Colts, I believe, the easiest road to trade up to the first overall pick. They have the fourth overall pick in this year's draft and definitely could make it happen to trade up for the first overall selection. And the Colts, these past four or five years, have just been running with quarterbacks on a one-year basis since they lost Andrew Luck. So Andrew Luck's last season with the Indianapolis Colts was 2018. He retired before the 2019 season. Jacoby Brissett took over as a starting quarterback in replacement of Andrew Luck. Then Brian Hoyer actually even got a start when Brissett got hurt in week eight of the 2019 season. Phillip Rivers was brought in in the 2020 offseason Rivers only lasted one year with the Indianapolis Colts after signing a one-year $25 million deal in the 2020 offseason. Just one season he lasted in Indy with 24 passing touchdowns and 11 picks, leading the Colts to an 11-5 record in the 2020 season. They end up falling in the wildcard game against the Buffalo Bills in the 2021 playoffs. 
Next up was Carson Wentz. They brought Carson Wentz over from the Philadelphia Eagles. The Colts traded a conditional 2022 first-round pick and a 2021 third-round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles in order to get Carson Wentz in a Indianapolis Colts uniform. His 2021 stats weren't bad. 27 touchdowns to 7 picks with a 62.5% completion percentage in 2021 for the Colts. They ended up moving in a different direction. They could have made the playoffs if they won their last game of the regular season in Week 18 of the 2021 season. They ended up losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars 26-11, to where Wentz turned the ball over twice in costly situations, was actually sacked six times in that game. The Colts ended up moving in a different direction. They brought in Matt Ryan for the 2022 season. They traded Carson Wentz to Washington for a 2022 second-round pick, a 2022 third-round pick, and a conditional third-round pick in 2023. They pivoted to a 37-year-old Matt Ryan, brought him over from the Atlanta Falcons, giving up a third-round pick in 2023, for Matt Ryan to be the starting quarterback in 2022. Matt Ryan didn't really have that great of a season for the Colts. Ended up being benched two times this past season. Once for Nick Foles at the end of the season. And then once for Sam Ellinger. Ryan overall led the Colts to a 4-7-1 record in 12 games this past year. With a 67% completion percentage. 14 passing touchdowns. 213 picks. He still is under contract for one more year with the Indianapolis Colts. So we'll see what happens this offseason with him. I'm sure they're going to try to move him. He's making... $30 million in average annual value on his current contract. And this year will actually be holding a big, big cap hit of $35 million. So we'll see what they end up doing with him. I'm sure the Colts are done with the current quarterback carousel they've had since Andrew Luck left. They're looking for a franchise quarterback and someone to build their franchise around. So we'll see what they do in this upcoming draft. I'm sure they're looking to trade up for the first overall pick to get the quarterback that they want to build on for the future. According to reports over the past day or two now, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers has been talking to the New York Jets over the last few days. Would not be surprised if the Jets try to make a move for him since they missed out on Derek Carr. Derek Carr ends up opting to go to the New Orleans Saints over the New York Jets. The Packers and Aaron Rodgers have had a weird relationship over the past few years. Rodgers signed a three-year deal last offseason to stay with the Packers, and now he's looking for a way out of town yet again. The last few seasons, he's actually contemplated retirement but opted to come back to football last year, and even this year it looks like he's going to play again this season as well. He's been talking to the New York Jets over the last few days, and according to reports, he actually could be flying to meet the New York Jets to talk about a potential deal that they could make with the Green Bay Packers to get him in a New York Jets uniform. We'll see what happens there. If the Jets miss out on Aaron Rodgers, potential quarterbacks that they could go after could be Jimmy Garoppolo or even maybe Lamar Jackson in a trade after he's likely franchise-tagged. We'll see what happens there. And new breaking news here, it's not really that big of news, but the Miami Dolphins will be cutting defensive back Byron Jones on the June 1st date, which is the June 1st designation. If you cut a player past June 1st, you actually save more money against a 2023 cap. The reason why they do that is because if you cut a guy before June 1st, you have more money to, to, to use in free agency. So you kind of have an advantage if you cut a player now if you got more money freed up for free agency. But if you hold the guy past the June 1st designation, you actually save more money in the 2023 cap. But obviously you do miss out on free agency or having that money for free agency. So the Miami Dolphins will be cutting Byron Jones after June 1st. That'll save them $13.6 million on the 2023 cap. He had 95 combined tackles and two interceptions in two seasons with Miami, but really wasn't worth the contract that they gave him overall. The Buccaneers will be cutting left tackle Donovan Smith. Smith had a bad year in 2022, had 12 accepted penalties against him and six sacks allowed. Smith was one of the only offensive linemen that stayed healthy for the Tampa Bay Bucs this past season and didn't really do well at all. As I said, 12 accepted penalties and six sacks allowed. Did not have a great season. 
overall in his career for Tampa Bay, he played eight years for the Tampa Bay Bucks, starting 124 games. Cutting him will actually save $8 million in the 2023 cap and leave them with a $10 million dead cap hit this upcoming season. The Buccaneers will also be cutting running back Leonard Fournette. Fournette and the Bucks actually had a mutual decision to split ways. Cunningham will actually save $3.47 million in 2023 on the cap. Tampa Bay will be chewing around $5 million in dead cap money for this upcoming season with the release of Leonard Fournette. He spent three seasons in Tampa Bay, totaling 22 touchdowns in 43 games, won the Super Bowl in 2021 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, played a few years with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We was three seasons with them in Jacksonville and now spent the last three years with Tampa Bay winning a Super Bowl. So the last thing I'm going to talk about is the Las Vegas Raiders will be franchise tagging running back Josh Jacobs for a $10.1 million cap hit this upcoming season. The franchise tag for running backs is $10.1 million for this offseason. So obviously, Josh Jacobs already got the $10.1 million. Tony Pollard already got the $10.1 million from the Dallas Cowboys. And Saquon Barkley, depending on what happens with Daniel Jones and the New York Giants, could be also getting the $10.1 million franchise tag for running backs this offseason. Jacobs had a career year this past season, totaling 1,653 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns on the ground in 17 games for the Las Vegas Raiders. So that's a whole breakdown of the NFL and some big news over the past few days now. I will keep you guys updated on what happens with Daniel Jones and Lamont Jackson. I'll probably record another episode today about the World Baseball Classic, which will be kicking off tonight at 11 o'clock Eastern time. So I'll keep you guys posted on that. And I may record an episode on the MLB as well. Could potentially do that in the same one. So I will let you guys know what happens with Daniel Jones and Lamar Jackson and give you my thoughts on that. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it and hope you guys have a good one. Thank you.